Welcome to On Air with Amber Wynn, where nonprofit leaders learn to fuse passion and commitment with proven business strategies to create long-term funding, impact, and sustainability. And now, here's your host and resident philanthropist, Amber Wynn. Hey fam, it's your girl, Amber Wynn. I'm excited to be here this week. I'm always excited to be with my fam and to share my 30 years of knowledge um, in the nonprofit sector. Cause you know, the world needs nonprofits, but it needs nonprofits that um, are continuously bringing in money so that they can support their infrastructure, you know, pay their people, make sure that the ones who are delivering the services are cool. You guys do an amazing job of taking care of the community. A lot of time, it's at your own personal sacrifice. And so I am here to provide you with the roadmap to long-term sustainability and impact. It's an honor. It's a privilege. And today, we are going to talk about the thing about titles. That is the topic of our episode today, the thing about titles. Because what I keep seeing with um, my nonprofit leaders is that y'all making stuff up. And in the for-profit sector, it's not really a big deal because there's not the same type of oversight. As a nonprofit, you don't own it. You are under the auspices of the IRS. And so titles mean things. And so when we come back, because you know, we got to open up with a sponsor, but when we come back, we're going to dive into the thing about titles. The thing about titles. When we come back, that's what we're going to dive into. Starting a new career in a new sector with unfamiliar job titles and new jargon can lead to frustration and burnout. What if you had an easy way to get up to speed to learn the key elements of successful nonprofits and the critical steps we should all take to maximize our impact? Introducing the Nonprofit Essentials Certificate three short interactive courses that cover three critical areas. What makes a nonprofit a nonprofit? How nonprofits raise money and skills needed to build a thriving career in the nonprofit sector. Interactive exercises and actionable advice from nonprofit experts help bring clarity to key concepts and the end of the course exam tests your knowledge so you can earn a certificate and badge and then quickly put your new knowledge into practice. The best part? The Nonprofit Essentials Certificate is 100% free. Thousands of learners have already earned their certificate, making this our most popular set of courses in Nonprofit Ready. Register at nonprofitready.org and get ready to accelerate your impact and your career. We're back, and in this episode, we're talking about the thing about titles. We're talking about titles because they matter. Um, in the for-profit sector, you have some really creative names out there. You've got, you know, the chief of fun, and you've got, you know, your chief people officer, and you've got all of these different names. And they don't really matter, per se, because there's a different type of regulation going on in the for-profit sector. However, in the nonprofit sector, those titles mean something. 
you know, the IRS, when they have things like, um, you know, executive director, program director, program manager, those titles, they mean something. And so if you are submitting an org chart, which a funder will ask you for, and you've got these really wild titles, it's hard for a funder to know if you really know what you're doing, right? Because there's an expectation for programs director, programs with an S versus program director. Programs with an S means there's a director that is over multiple programs. If there's a program director, there's one director and there may be multiple managers. So it's a classification issue, right? So I'm bringing this up because I'm seeing a lot of these really wonky titles oh yeah, um, we're the executive board and then we have this team over here. No, you can't do that. You can't do that because when a funder looks at your org chart, when they look at how you describe your positions and they see all of these wonky titles, the first thing they're going to think is, okay, these people don't know what they're talking about. They don't understand that they are a public charity and that they are governed by the IRS. So I want you to just be very, very careful about going into this nonprofit sector and thinking you can just make things up willy nilly because it's going to be one of the things that's going to prevent you from getting money. Now, let's be clear. If you know me, if you've been listening to me, you know, I'm about that dollar because when you make money, then that means that you are stable. That means that your staff is stable. So I'm going to talk about the things that's going to potentially prevent you from generating revenue. And something as simple as titles can prevent you from generating revenue. Let me explain. So as a founder, as a founder, you will always, 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 always be the person who started the organization. Whether you're there or not, you will be that person. But uh, the title founder describes the person who started the organization. There's no function that is associated with that, with the IRS. But if you choose to get paid, then you would be the executive director. I'm going to talk to you in the next episode about the difference between being a CEO and an executive director. But for this episode, you choose to get paid. Therefore, you choose to have the title of executive director. Well, executive director has a function. There's a classification, there's responsibilities, there's expectations. So if you come in and say, well, I'm the chief of, you know, the kingdom, I don't know, you know, they make up a lot of names in the for-profit sector, then IRS is not sure that you know what you're doing. They know what an executive director is supposed to be doing because there are job descriptions for executive directors. Now, there's a tendency for nonprofits who really don't understand the importance of titles. They'll say, I am the executive director slash founder. That's perfectly fine because you are the founder and there's nothing attached to that title. But if you put president slash you know, executive director, that's a whole different meaning. We're going to dive into that in the next episode, but for this episode, it's important that you understand that if you are the executive director or you're the chief executive officer, that those titles are tied to responsibilities that the IRS and funders are looking for. Listen, a funder is responsible for reporting to the IRS. So 
they have to be certain that the organizations that they're funding understand that and follow IRS rules. You may be providing amazing services in your community, but when you submit for your grants and they're looking at your titles, they're not going to dive deep to see if you're really doing these programs. Remember, there is always more applicants than there is money. So just on paper, this could be one of the reasons why your grant is getting denied. I want you to eliminate all of the possibilities for you to get denied by a funder. And when we talk about small things, things like titles, they may sound small to you, but they're huge for a funder. A funder needs to be comfortable knowing that they are providing you know, financial support to a bona fide nonprofit. A bona fide nonprofit is not going to have a title of chief of fund. This is not going to happen. There's too many regulations that go along with it. So this episode and next episode, we are going to talk about the thing about titles. All right. So when we come back, um, we have a question from one of our amazing nonprofit leaders out there in the community with our Ask Amber. But we're going to pause right now. Um, and when we come back, we're going to continue talking about titles. You're a school, a foundation, a health care provider, or an environmental group, a museum, a church, a shelter, or a community service. You're starting a nonprofit on a startup budget, and you need to get this right the first time. No mistakes, no misunderstandings, and no costly do-overs. At Nonprofit Elite, we know what you need because we've been there too. Accurate information, mistake-free filings, and peace of mind assurance that your 501c3 application will be successful. This is what we do, and we are very good at it. All backed by our industry-leading guarantee and 100% IRS approval rate. But forming your nonprofit and obtaining tax-exempt status is just the beginning. Once you're up and running, Nonprofit Elite will consolidate the bulk of your operations into one place, including your accounting, compliance, website, fundraising, and more. We do the work of several full-time staff for just a fraction of the cost so that you can remain focused on advancing your mission. Contact Nonprofit Elite for expert preparation of your formation documents and 501c3 application and for a full range of accounting, fundraising, and administrative solutions. Hey fam, we're back. And today we're talking about the thing about titles. And now this is your time to get your questions answered with the Ask Amber section. Um, you can contact me on any of my socials. You can email me, you can DM me. This question is from a nonprofit leader and she hit me up on Facebook and this is her question. This is Janet. Hey, Janet. Janet wants to know, as the founder of the nonprofit, what protections do I have to ensure no one can come in and take over my organization? I heard there was something earlier called um, a founder's clause. I could put in the bylaws to give me um, veto power. Is that true? No. No, that's not true. Let me start off by saying um, you will forever be the founder, as I said earlier in the, in the episode. No one can take that away from you. What a lot of people don't realize is when you start a nonprofit, you're starting a public charity. And the purpose of the public charity is to benefit the general public. 
It's not designed to benefit a person. So you can never own it. If you can own it, that means that it will benefit you, right? So a public charity is not designed to be owned. So as the founder, you will always have that title. But that's basically all you get with that is a title. There are no protections. You may invest five, 10, 20, 120,000 dollars of your own personal money. But you're doing that knowing that you can never own it. You can never pass the nonprofit down to your children. It's not something that you can own as a 5 as a 501c3 tax exempt organization. It is a public charity and you can never own it. So Janet, when you're asking me, how can you ensure that no one can come in and take over it? The IRS has created the infrastructure for a 501c3. And it goes like this. You have the governance, the governing entity, which is the board. And the board has the power to hire and fire the the paid staff, the implementation side, which is the executive director or the chief executive officer The board is responsible for hiring and firing you. So if you, as the founder, if you've decided you want to get paid, you're going to take on the role of executive director. And if you are the executive director, then the board can hire and fire you. And that's where all of this comes in, right? Someone may advise you, oh, well, put in the bylaws that you have veto power. Listen, you don't. Veto power means then that you have more power than the structure that the IRS has created. And you don't. The board, the the most powerful person in a nonprofit is the president of the board of directors because the president um, runs the organization. At the end of the day, as the executive director, you should be going to your president saying, hey, this is what we're thinking, da, 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 because this is the way the IRS has created the organization. So I've had way too many people call me in tears saying the board fired me. This is my organization. I put in my blood, sweat, and tears. I put in my own personal money. All of that may be true, but ignorance is no excuse for the law. Meaning you may have done these things. You may have done them with great intentions, but at the end of the day, when it goes to court, a judge is going to say, well, you don't have a right because this is the way the IRS created um, the organization. If you are 501c3, then that's what, those are the rules you have to follow. It is important. And this is one of the things that I really emphasize in all of my courses when I'm talking to brand new founders, that you do your research. A lot of people start nonprofits thinking they can make it up as they go along or believing half of what somebody else said and another half of what it is your responsibility when you start this organization to know the IRS rules. And so Janet, I am so sorry if I were to say anything to you, if you want to make sure that um, you are protected, the only thing you can do is just do a really great job because a board, their responsibility is not to do the day-to-day work. So trust me when I tell you they don't want to fire someone because they don't want to do the work. If you're doing your job as an executive director, then they're going to make sure that they support you and they reward you. If you're doing things that benefit you, that don't benefit the company, if you're making bad decisions, it is their fiduciary responsibility, meaning legally they are responsible for making sure that this nonprofit that's serving your community is run ethically. So they have the legal responsibility to fire the person in that role. 
So all that said, be very, very um, sure that you know what you're stepping into when you start a nonprofit. You can never own it. You can never pass it down. You can never hand it over. It is not yours to give. So that was Ask Amber. Janet, thank you so much for hitting me up on Facebook with that question. If any of you have questions that you want to ask me, hit me up on all my socials or you can email me at amber at amberwin.net and I am happy to take your questions. That's what I'm here for. You know, I have a lot of information in this head of mine um, and I want to share that information with you so that you can make better decisions so that your organization is strong. Yeah, all of that. All right. So now we're at the point of um, the episode that I really enjoy the most. And this is when I get to spotlight my nonprofits. And this nonprofit I'm going to spotlight today is really cool. Um, I don't know for those of you out there who really don't know me, but I am a writer at heart. Um, I'm an English major. And this organization is called Write Girl, W-R-I-T-E. And Write Girl is a Los Angeles-based creative writing and mentoring organization that spotlights the power of a girl and her pen. And it's a thriving community with 200 volunteer women writers serving more than 500 girls annually. And they match girls with women writers who mentor them in creative writing. And every year they produce dozens of workshops and panel discussions and special events to help girls get creative and get through high school to get to college. So let's take a look at Right Girl. Right Girl has been helping girls in Los Angeles for nearly 20 years. Girls tell us Right Girl is the one place where they feel inspired to be creative and empowered to share their voice. Teen girls are particularly vulnerable, especially during the intense upheaval of recent events. Right Girl is responding by bringing the Right Girl experience online, offering high-energy online workshops and one-on-one -on -one video mentoring. I saw this organization which is about writing, expression, creativity, mentoring. I think what they do for teen girls, I wish there had been something like that when I was coming up. I know when I was young, like, any encouragement was helpful, so anything I can do to help encourage other people is, I will. Bright Girl supports hundreds of girls with an uplifting community of women writers. Help girls write their way to brilliant futures. Please make a donation at rightgirl.org. Thank you, Right Girl. Um, if you want to support this organization, visit them at www.rightgirl.org slash donate. And if you would love to have your nonprofit spotlighted, highlighted, whatever the word is, then contact me on my socials. What I need for you to do is to provide me with the video that's no more than two minutes. Make sure that the final page has your contact information. Um, I'm on YouTube. I'm also um, on Anchor. So we want people to be able to find you. That's the whole purpose of spotlighting our nonprofits is we want your potential customer or client to find you, but we also want funders to find you. You know, you're doing the work, you're, you're in the weeds, and sometimes you need somebody to toot your horn. So I'm here to toot, toot your horn and let everybody know about the amazing work that you're doing in our community. So be sure to check out other nonprofits and you want, if you want me to spotlight you, 
email me at amber at amberwin.net and let me know what's going on. All right, now it is time for our mindset minute. Mindset minute. So I'd like for you as a founder, and if you are a nonprofit leader in another position, executive director or whatever, I'd like for you just to take two minutes to think about what is your goal. Like really, what is your goal? If you want to run the organization, then your goal is to be an executive director because the executive director runs the organization. But if you want to be in control of the organization, if you want to set the vision for the organization, then that's going to be the president, right? If you want to get paid, you know, you have to be the executive director because the president doesn't get paid. It's a volunteer position. It's something that this person is doing to make um, an impact in their community. But you need to know what the difference is, right? Don't make up the rules as you go along because all that's going to do is to get you is to get you into trouble. And then you'll have to find somebody like me who's going to have to undo all of that stuff. It is important that you put in the time to do the research to understand what the expectations are. I can't say that enough. You know, when people start, like I have a consulting firm, the first thing they make you do is market research. Who are your competitors out there? They make you put together a business plan. They make you look at, you know, all of the elements of your organization. And that's not a requirement for nonprofits. And I think it's a missing because what happens is we get people who, you know, start things not really understanding what the expectations are. What is your goal? For me, when I started my nonprofit, I knew that I did not want to be the executive director because I know how much work it takes, right? But as the president, I wanted to be responsible for helping, supporting my executive director so that she could get in the community and do what she needed to do. As the president, I understood my role. My role was to fundraise to make sure that the programs were actually happening, right? So. I am going to implore you to do the research. Go into this, if you're starting a nonprofit, understanding what your ultimate goal is. If your goal is to start a business, a nonprofit is a business. It's a business with a philanthropic purpose. But if it's to start a business that you can own, then start a for-profit. If your goal is to make an impact in your community, go visit my website, check out my blog. There are six other ways that you can make an impact without starting a business that you're going to have to fundraise. If you know that you're passionate and you want to develop programs and deliver programs and you're good at operations, then yes, being an executive director is what you want to be. A lot of times, my nonprofit leaders fall into these roles. Well, I want to get paid, so I have to be the executive director. But they don't have the executive director skills, and so that creates a whole lot of issues. What I'm saying to you right now, before you invest one dime, before you file your paperwork, is really, really sit with yourself and think about what your goal is, what it is you really want to do. And if you have any questions you know, I'd be happy to take 10, 15 minutes. I have um, on my website an opportunity for you to reach out to me and, and we'll take a call and talk through it because, you know, I'm quick to tell somebody based off of all the things you told me, you don't need to start a nonprofit. 
What you can do is X, Y, and Z. That's why I'm here. I'm here to support you. So before you jump into this, or if you've just jumped into this and you're not sure, give me a call and we can talk through. I will be very honest with you and I'll say, here are my recommendations. At the end of the day, you're going to make your own decisions, but sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. And that's what I'm here for, to support the hardest working people in this world, um, our nonprofit leaders. So that's what all I have for you this week. Um, But we have two episodes um, talking about the thing about titles. And in our next episode, we're going to talk about the importance of that president slash CEO role, because we have a tendency in the nonprofit sector to migrate some of those titles. And as we learned in this episode, titles matter. So I hope you join me next week. But until then, I'm going to wish you an amazing week. And I'm going to say to you, take care of yourself like you take care of your community. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Head over to www.amberwind.net slash podcast for the links and resources mentioned in today's podcast. See you next time.